Sensi Star Jones here with the Keep It Loud Crew podcast, broadcasting from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Guys, we're flying over to the West Coast. We're going all the way to the West Coast to talk to the founder, CEO of Winery Mass, Graham Goddard. If I didn't make sure I pronounced that right, I have to make sure I roll the two Ds all the way in California on the line with the Keep It Loud crew. Welcome to the show. How hey, are you doing, sir? Hey, thank you, Sensi. Thank you. Pleasure to be here, man. I'm doing well. Man, thank you so much. I want to make sure I pronounce the, 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 the last name right. Did I get it correctly or did I, did it did I miss it? Man, you got the name <laughs> right. That's all that matters. <laughs> so how are you doing today over in the West Coast? I'm blessed, man. The sun's shining and the sea's flowing, you know? So we're good. We're good. Well, yeah. introduce yourself to our listening audience and we'll get straight into it. Of course, yeah. So again, my name is Graham Goddard, founder and CEO of Winery Mass for the Hollywood Carnival here. Um, I am a, a visual artist um, and I, I'm also a tech founder. I, I run a company called allpublicart.com, which basically helps visual artists to sell their artworks with cryptocurrency. And uh, for about 25 years, I've been a visual artist myself, um, creating site-specific installations and paintings and just uh, exploring my creative spirit within the gallery circuit. My artworks have been featured in uh, major galleries uh, across the, the nation and internationally, and uh, my work has also been featured in two museums, the, uh, the Schoolboy Museum and the California African American Museum. So um, my background is in the arts. Um, that's what interested me in the, uh, the circle of carnival and the circle of just creating uh, costume designs and, and creating experiences within our cultural traditions here. So, um, yeah, I'm a creative spirit, um, born in Trinidad, uh, raised in New York, came up to New York when I was about seven, and I've been living in California for about 18 years. Um, and I'm a, a lonely Trini out here, man. At least I have been for years, and then I realized, oh, gosh, we have Trinidadians and West Indians all over the place here. So I decided to connect with my people um, to cure some of that loneliness and, and I have plenty company now. And this, this thing is really growing out here in, in California. So, um, so yeah, the initiative here is to, we're on a mission to make sure that we, we grow the culture and bring more people into the circle and expose the beauty of what we, our culture has to offer for um, people in California who do not know um, how, how exciting and, and ex, 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 extremely uh, precious it is. Well, I, I, man, I noticed that you're bringing the vibe and you're bringing the heat. Yeah. So how did Winery Mass, how did you come up with that name for your brand? Because that's a very unique. <laughs> yeah, the truth is, you know, we some bacchanalists, man. You know, we, we, some, we some people on the road here who love a good wine and we love to party and we love to to really um go go to the limit and i we were i was exploring the names with some friends of mine here um and the the whole thing i really wanted just to have fun with it you know and the to something catchy something really um really unique i, I, li I like the idea of you know using a play on words with the fact that you know whining is a, an extremely unique uh part of the the experience on the road, and also it, there's nowhere else in the world where you have this word called wine connected to a dance that is part of the the traditional um, you know experience that you have. So 
for us, we said, look, you know, we are we are a factory of winemakers, you know, we are a vineyard. We are people who create in wines here. So let's just call it the winery, you know. So that's how winery came about. And um, I, I believe that is a nice hook to get people involved in what we or, or what our ultimate initiative is, because um, although we love to have fun and although, you know, we definitely focus up on making sure that there's there, there's nothing held back in terms of self-expression um and there is this aspect of whining that i love talking about because it is so it it can be taken to the to a raunchy extent it can be taken to an extent that is almost um, publicly inappropriate and i find that very interesting um for our culture especially um, within the, the West Indies where, you know, there are aspects of our culture that's very conservative. And, um, you know, we have this, this very complex idea of, you know, what, what, what being expressive is and what, and what being appropriate is. And um, for us, um, although we, we embrace this, this, this aspect of um, the culture, what we're also doing is we're using this opportunity to reel people in, to also ex- expose them to the beauty of the traditional carnival. It's not just about the whining. It's also about the, the cultural expression of the costumes and the, the soca music and the different types of music that are now, now coming out and peeking their heads. And um, the, the real, real um, fundamentals of what the, the uh, mass used to be and can be you know, back in the day um, when, when Trinidad, had, you know, Trinidad got its independence in, in 1962. And yes. we've, been, we've been looking to f- figure out ways to, to always grow and always express ourselves in a, in a unique way every year. And that, that creative endeavor is something I find very, very interesting and, and um, almost artistic, almost you know, very, very connected to the idea of, of what happens in the art field where every year we're looking for innovation, we're looking for new things to, um, to present to the public for them to experience um, freshness, for them to experience beauty. So this, this, whole, this whole mashup of experience between the cultural dances, between the costumes, between the music, between the connections of the people, I find extremely wonderful. So uh, that's, a, that's a long-winded way of saying, you know, winery, winery came about as a fun way of, you know, hooking people into the fact that this is something unique and, you know, we'll, we'll dance and, and jump up and have a wild time. But also um, winery, the mission here and the ethos here is um, let's push the culture forward. I don't think that was a long-winded. I think that was a very well-explained. Thank you. <laughs> because for those who think in pushing a culture forward, meaning to just book your ticket, come, party, drink, mm-hmm. that, that's it, you know, dot you up the street, go home, talk about it, post. No, it has a lot that goes on. And that's what I want to get into now because I know that your production is a mass production now. Yes. So. Yeah. For this year, how many sections do you guys have for Hollywood Carnival 2019? Sure. So we have Winery Mass has five sections. Um, and we actually, so it's two male and, the, um, and three female. And we also have eight bands from out of town, town joining us. What? Technically, yes, yes, man. So <laughs> a 
and then for eight sections. So, <laughs> so technically, we have about thirteen sections. Um, so it's been it's been a massive production, massive endeavor, and, and a huge amount of love and support. So, have you saw the rise in registration for this year, twenty nineteen production work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the and the growth the the growth is is wonderful, man. And it's definitely for us that's part of the game, you know. For me, the whole point of this is about bringing numbers into into the game because it's about exposing our people. And and for me, you know, the West Indian community in Los Angeles is very tapped in. Um, it's a small community where we're highly connected, and I believe that um, just like any other any other traditional event, um, the the citizens of that that community that are, are for referral, those individuals love the culture. People love the Caribbean out here in Los Angeles. So I want to engage a lot of those people. There are a lot of Asians and white folks and, and mm-hmm. Latinos out here in Los Angeles that are really embracing the community. We have a huge Zumba community in the United States. And Zumba now embracing soca within their dance routines. Yes, so, yes they yeah, so they, um, you know, I've been been pushing forward to make sure we engage that community as well, and um, you know, it's a it's a circle out here of people who just love our our culture. So the the, gro- the numbers have been growing, which is fantastic. So um, it, it's and and we only hope to continue to grow because the Hollywood Carnival, although it's about I believe this is the eighth or ninth year, it's mm-hmm. still has a huge amount of potential you know and i believe that this thing could be a really really massive event um that shuts down hollywood boulevard every year and because i was shutting down hollywood boulevard from that it, i think it's june 27th to the 30th that's when our carnival launch um runs through yeah that's when it runs through and the actual carnival itself is on saturday june 29th okay the 29th and your band launch was earlier was your band launch for your sections already passed yeah um yeah that was in February, I want to say. Yep, yep. It was in February, and we have the eight or the nine, something like that, right? Something like that. We had a massive turnout, and the the bands came and destroyed the place, man. We had a a really great presentation. Um, all the band mm. presentation, it was fantastic. It, I believe in the building, we may have had a between eight hundred and a thousand people, something like that. I'm not sure, but it was it it definitely LA came out. And it's a it's a big thing for us in LA, you know. We it's rare for us to experience our culture, you know. Anybody throwing a fet with some roti and some doubles, we there, you know. True. It's such a mm-hmm. thing. Unless you had somebody house, you don't get stuff like that. So when when we had something like the the band launch, you know, they have the launch, they have the a party right after, and it was incredible, man. So let's talk about this one that really caught my eyes, which was the Kingdom of Diamonds. How did that section come about? Because that's that's one section that everybody's supposed to look out for for 2019. Yeah, that one, and also the um, the Winery Warriors was actually way more about ten times more popular than Kingdom of Diamonds. Believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the so the Kingdom of Diamonds actually all those costumes came about from a theme that I put together um, called Birth of a King. So this all this is all of your work. This is your theme, and you just hand it off to your designers. Them. Yeah, yeah. So actually, so what I did, so I I I approached this as if we were creating a novel, as if we were creating a a a massive story like a feature film, right? So I and and this is very similar to you know what some of the greats used to do. You know Peter Minchell, 
um, in the 80s and, you know, Brian McFarlane and, you know, multiple bands who, you know, their, their, their position was, look, we're going we're gonna to put street theater into Carnival. We're going to present a story on the road. So I said, you know, I like that because, you know, Car- obviously Carnival has been shifting towards a very commercial aspect, of it, you know, where we have commercial costumes that are looking very similar. And the, the essence of a, a story being told um, is, is definitely different now. So, I, so we have this concept called Birth of a, a Kingdom that I wrote. Um, very, very simple, you know, story, almost Disney-like. Um, and then I decided to look to see what kind of costumes we could present. And for, for me, it, putting on my business hat and my accounting hat, um, I decided to design one line myself, um, a male line called Winery Warriors, since I am a, 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 an artist myself. And I decided to, for the other four sections to outsource that. So I looked for suppliers um, in overseas where I could get uh, materials that could be put together easily and for great prices. And so we found a supplier overseas and um, I decided to, to, to design and to kind of curate what we could do around what was available um, with those supplies and make it, make it work with our theme. So that's really what happened. And um, part of it was to make sure these costumes were extremely cheap compared to the other prices because I believe that Carnival should never be about compromising your rent for, for jumping up, you know, and compromising the, the money that you have. And I believe that costumes should be as cheap as possible. And any masquerader should be able to come up in here and jump up and have a great time. So my friends and I have always felt like that was important to us. So I decided, all right, let's figure it out. And the, the business structure for me was, let's see if we could do some business-to-business deals with sponsors and then get money other ways from making money from our masqueraders and then create affordable costumes for our people um, and then, you know, start designing up. So um, to answer your question, uh, Kingdom of Diamonds came about from, um, you know, f- from the, the storybook, the storyline that I put together and then... Winery Warriors um, is a costume that I kind of pieced together from just, you know, meditating on what I think, uh, what I thought would be dope for a a man, because men are usually underrepresented in North American carnivals. So I wanted to come out with something that was just fresh and unique and, you know, I have a mirrored mask that covers the whole face and I have shoulder armor and I have uh, a winged backpack for the men. And it's just, you know, things that you, that I, I believe that, a man who's really involved and interested in carnival would really want to, to um, you know, to come out with some bravado with, you know. You're right because I I will say that the, the male costumes for carnival sometimes you know they they they're just on a simple side mm-hmm. don't really you know it's a pants a, a little side band or a a foot band or whatever but. With your costumes now, you're actually taking it to a different level and you're opening that creative side and you're thinking out of the box for the male. And that's yeah. something that's right there unique that everybody should should follow because, hey, if you don't play mass without a male, then sometimes it's just mass alone by the girls themselves. That, that means that they don't, that don't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we gotta go hand in hand. So for this year, 2019, we're all can we see your sections or what should I say? What are carnivals will you be participating in for 2019? So right now it'll just be the Hollywood carnival officially. You know, we uh, obviously we have, you know, we have eight bands coming in from out of town. We have 
one coming in from Miami. We have people coming in from um, Atlanta, um, San Francisco. Uh, you know, we, we're very connected with some of the bands. We just haven't um, officially committed uh, because, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother field. That's a whole nother ballpark. So it's just a lot mm-hmm. of phenomenal. Yeah. I and you know we, so now you yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I'm you know we're very young, so Winery Mass, just to give you a bit of history real quick for us, I mean we are brand new to this. Last year we were actually uh that last year was our first year participating as a section in a, a legacy band, a older a veteran band called Trini Fetters in Hollywood Carnival. They've been around since the beginning and then um, this year is actually our first year in the carnival as an official band, as our own band. With the- well, congratulations. Thank you, man. So this is, and it's been taken off the, with serious speed. So, you know, the, the, um, the team is extremely excited. And this is, you know, for us, this is making sure that everything is done as best as we can. So we tip it to an into it. Um, very conservatively to make sure it's done properly. And, you know, it's a service-oriented business. So we serve in our masqueraders first and foremost. I, I was just, I'm getting into that right now because that's what's going to set you apart from the rest. That's right. Service, and I get, you're focusing on customer service because, for one, you have empathy for the masqueraders and you're saying, look, I don't want my costumes to be too expensive for them, but I still want them to be extravagant on the road so they can have a good time. Right. Two, you start to know that you're young, so you don't want to break that bond yet and don't, I should say, you're giving or you can't offer what they're, you know what I mean? You can't offer what you can afford. So meaning, don't give me something that you can't come to on. You know what I mean? I can afford <laughs> it, but let me see what you're going to bring for the first year. No, I like that. So let's get into the little history of your, your artistic background because starting off from... Let's go back into your early life, your early childhood, because your imagination goes so broad. And I, I will hope that you have a team that can keep up with your expression. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bro. How do you control that team? And how, how many of, 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 of your team members push you to the limit to do better as a whole brand, you know, because... You are so creative. It might not have somebody on the same creative level of you. Mm-hmm. Um, not to micromanage or over um, manage your team, but how do you keep your team composed together and everybody on the same page? You know, the, the business structure is very interesting. For me, I am very hands-on, and this is more like a family. You know, this is less, less of uh, a situation where we, you know, we run it. We run in it like a... Like, you know how people have systems and structures and, you know, you have the traditional organization where you have, you know, people just fall in line and do their thing. For me, it's more diff- is a lot different than that. It's very similar to the old school ways of mass camps being like, look, you know, we have, we have an idea and a vision here and we want to execute that. And the team is actually here for me. They say, whatever you need, let's go. So, um, and it's, ve- it's actually a little more simple for us because... Well, number one, we outsource, and number two, because I am the visionary here for um, the majority of the direction, the creative direction, it's very easy for me to say, well, look, you know, let's just implement this type of style or this type of cool thing for the front line. Let's add this little extra spice on this, you know, this men's costume here. And, you know, I'm I'm very, very uh, 
conservative first and foremost to make sure that it can be executed and i'm very conscious of what can be done i do a lot of research before and i think that has a lot to do with my artistic background so um at the beginning of your question you asked about you know my origins i um i've been creating for years i i had my first art exhibition when i was 10 years old um and it was a full exhibition solo with um about 20 paintings and i've been uh painting all my life so started out with water paint i would assume yes yes it was watercolors it was okay. watercolors and i did some oil as well but um did watercolors and then i studied i studied art in college at the university of southern california and then after college you know got into galleries and um had my first museum exhibition when i was about i believe i was 26 um and the the i did a, a massive site specific installation it was a 50 foot installation in front of the african american museum um and you know creating these type of operations is something is very would do with um with carnival you know so with carnival you would have these uh you have all these different uh pivots moving these pistons moving and we, you know we just have to make sure that we execute so um yeah yeah the team is behind me 100% man it's very easy for us to to move and shake cuz i think the big trick is making sure that the communication is there with all teams right yes. and the, the spirit of winning when it comes to a team is actually taking care of your people and and let and you know communicating to your people in a very realistic way about what can be done you know so the the game plan is set at the very beginning and it's just a matter of outlining what we hope to be done and then pivoting when challenges come through you know what i mean so i love that yeah. because i see that you're very you, the lag of the tiger mm. i know that was a inspirational mirror you did by um Ben Doolittle. I mean Bev Doolittle. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Sir. Now I I've noticed that you take on and you I guess you have more of a a a a a subtle soul and that that creative eye when it has these massive murals that you're coming up with because they're more than just murals you know they're they're actually a painting a picture of how that artist feel you know your how your expression is coming out and more of your expression always coming out for the first year with your costumes i personally look forward to seeing the second year and the third year you know when you get your 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 feet really into it and everybody starts to grasp and continue to come and work together and gel right that's what i'm looking forward for because what are some of the challenges you have being a new band um that's participating in 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 carnival for the first year. I think the um the the main challenge is making sure that the um every single situation in terms of the the execution, the list, there's a long list of things that need to be done, right? So the challenge is how do you how do you manage that long list and make sure that everything is executed. So you know, I have about four or five different excel sheets <laughs> that I'm working with here and they're full of numbers <laughs> okay. and they're full of strategy and that was because I studied I studied for a while back before I got into this um some of the the um the other bands in Trinidad and some of the other um the designers and the band leaders to see and I asked a lot of questions to a lot of people to see what the problems was and I think I think some of the other challenges is just um you know engaging with the community you know when you're a new band the biggest challenge is always 
showing up and saying, hey, look, guys, we're here. You know, we want to we want to we will have something for you all and we want to engage you all. So I think that marketing has been a huge priority for us. You know, I've I've attempted to master the the um, the impressions that we have on our demographic, which means that, okay, where is where's the watering hole? Where's everybody going? Oh, they're going to Instagram. All right. So in Instagram, what is the main point of uh, interest? Where, what, what really piques the interest? And right now, because social media is in a, a place of uh, content marketing, um, the majority, I would say 80 to 90% of our content marketing is done via video instead of images, instead of, instead of um, uh, flyers. You know, we don't do any flyers. We don't do any type. I try to minimize images as much as possible. Every single point of uh, communication is done via video so that we could pique people's interest. This is how people have been trained in social media. So um, the challenge for me has always been, all right, how do we keep these people engaged and make that a reality? And how do we convert that into numbers? And it's worked so far. It's so far, you know, we we just had a juve last weekend. Um, well, we didn't have it. There was a, a guy out here who threw it, who happens to be one of our DJs, and we engaged our masqueraders, and there was a massive turnout. And it was a team effort. And a lot of our masqueraders were engaged because they were able to see these videos that we put out. Put out. And that's, that's just how we do business. And so I believe that the challenge for any new mass band is communication to your demographic, to your people, and, and letting them know what you have to offer, not taking for granted the idea that, okay, we're a mass band, we have pretty costumes, now come. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't in my opinion, that's an easy way of doing things. It, it doesn't work like that for me. For me, it's more about if we build in a family here and if we build in something special, then let's do it authentically. And by the way, um, for us, this is this is bigger than mass, in my opinion. This is bigger than carnival. The the idea of winery mass and what we're doing here is to really bring all people together as a community to engage people f- throughout the year. So the family that I'm building here, I want to be able to create mentorships so that if I have a young Trinidadian at UCLA, um, she should she or he should be able to find a mentor who is an older masquerader that's a Trini or a Jamaican or, you know, somebody from St. Lucia or wherever it might be, you know, they, they, because plenty of our people are brilliant and doing great business out here. And, uh, you know, we, we have an opportunity here to bring um, young people in, uh, you know, under our wings. And I believe that when you have a network and a, and a community of people like us in Carnival and within this community, you know, you can really take it to another limit. So my dream here, my ultimate goal is to be able to um, build this ecosystem of opportunities for our people. Just like um, in in Los Angeles, you know, you have a Persian community, you have a Lebanese community, you know, you have the Jewish community here, you have a whole set of different clusters of cultures who come together and they take care of their people. So for me, what I wanted, what I'm hoping to do is to build a strong enough uh, united force here where we really have our people come together. And if you need something, if you need a job, or if you need a, you know, if you have an, op- if you have an idea for an opportunity to help our people, at least we will be interconnected so that that can be executed. And right now, 
right now there's there are many organizations and many people trying to make that happen and i just feel like you know because because we all come together through carnival i think it's a great excuse and a great opportunity for us to you know to to link up and vibe up and come together and so throughout the year that's something that you know this this thing can really do for us we can we can have fun events and we can have networking events and we can have opportunities to build together because our 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 children you know believe it or not the most likely the west indians out here will have children and families that will need each other and if we don't do it now then you know they'll be fighting up um you know with the rest of the community and you know wh- why put them in that position when we could do something special you know i i totally agree with you so what do you look for in a apprentice what do you if someone wants to work with you what skills do you look for in that person you know yeah i actually had a, a young man the other day ask me about that about being a mentor and all that type of things and i believe that um i'm for me when when somebody's interested i'm always looking for somebody who is um who is an executor who who isn't just about talk and who has the capability and the capacity to actually complete at least one idea that they present to the table so you know many people especially in the arts people are, we are dreamers we are visionaries we are creative spirits that love to explore ideas and create these innovative things but you know it doesn't count unless you make it a reality Yeah, so it's funny you asked that. You know, earlier this week a guy um asked me about, you know, apprenticeships and about mentorships and and what that is and how how you know, I go about doing that. And I think that um for me it's most important that I find somebody who can execute, you know, who can really take a vision and an idea um and and make it into reality because as artists and as creative individuals, um you know, we have tons of of innovative visions and um some of us we have these great ideas but they never get done and as someone who is a serious creator a serious businessman and somebody who actually wants to make real change i want to be surrounded by people who actually um can implement an idea and and make it a reality to um expose to the community and to you know impact impact people and and create experiences Nice, nice. So for 2019, what are some of your favorite materials that you like working with so far? Or what is your I know some people like to work with um you know different gems or stones because of how the light gives off the different color, you know? What are some of your go-to materials that you love to work with? You know, honestly, it's not even a material thing for me. It's more of a a concept um uh piece type of okay. so one of my favorite concept pieces this year has been a metallic mask that is put over the whole face of men for the male costume so when you're looking at the male you're basically looking at a mirror right and I, which is extremely unique i think i've never seen it on the road um in a costume i know people have uh, presented similar concepts that cover some some of the face but um uh, for me is it's it's a little less about the materials because you know we have a very standard use of materials here that people are mm-hmm. you know seeing on the road um and it's more about implementing ideas and concepts to really really uh come with something unique and you know for us um starting us since we were young we want to make sure that we set a precedent for quality first and that people can see that the costumes are 
what what they would expect Carnival to be. So in my opinion, the costumes here are pretty status quo in terms of, okay, we see, you know, the wire bras, we see the, the traditional, you know, the backpacks with the wings and the ostrich feathers. So they can get an idea of, um, okay, this band here is is going along the trend and along the line of what, what we can expect. And um, the male costume that I did was kind of pushing the envelope forward a little bit. But since we're so young, I wanted to make sure that people see that we, we can deliver what they would expect a strong uh, mass band to deliver. And then once we do that, and once we gain their trust and loyalty, then as an artist, I can really start to push the envelope. I can really start to get a little more creative with, um, with the artistic type of approach and materials and really start pushing boundary lines. But um, in my opinion, there's no time for that yet. In my opinion, it's more about making sure that we communicate to these people that we have, we have a very strong, uh, a strong presentation here. And the goal here also is to do something special with the truck. You know, we're going to design some, some great things around the truck, hopefully. And we're going to make sure that we have a, a carnival queen costume, like a Dimash Gras costume in front of the band, like a, a 25-footer. Um, so I have aspirations to do that as well. And uh, I've been looking into organizations out here that provide grants for artists to make sure that we get some money that comes in to fund some of these, these, these large-scale endeavors here. Um, because is, is the, the capital here can be, we have this opportunity as artists, as creators, where, you know, they're, they're, they're artistic organizations that are willing to give grants. So we receive the micro grants out here um, for the front, for the, um, for the Dimash Gras costume, uh, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I didn't have to dig into our, you know, our, our wealth here for that. And, you know, it's given back to the community, it's given back to the arts. So it works as a win-win for everybody, you know, and very similar. A lot of people don't know that uh, Peter Mitchell did very similar things when he, when he was thriving. He, um, he got a fellowship from the Guggenheim Foundation, um, and which supported a, a, a massive operation for him in Carnival, and he created a, an, amazing, an amazing presentation. So, you know, for me, just taking note of those opportunities, I believe that um, once I really plant my feet in here, Hopefully things go according to plan and according to vision. And, you know, I'll, I'll be able to start looking around to see what opportunities I could tap into to make sure that the envelope is pushed um, artistically and culturally, you know, really want to make this thing something beautiful. You know what I mean? So now in your opinion, have you seen Carnival artistic side being pushed to the level that we can have it to, to present to the masses? Or are we still holding back or the designers coming with that punch that one two punch that when you see the costume on the road it's like wow that is a piece of art yeah they've been coming with it man they've been coming with it i'm very impressed i'm very i'm honored to be you know in the circle and to be part of it i feel extremely blessed to actually be doing this here in in our little nook in hollywood you know because looking at the carnivals around the world and seeing what the designers have done. It has been really inspirational, really, really fantastic. Especially the same carnival, you know, we saw, we saw people um, creating designs that were very untraditional and were really pushing the envelope and very innovative. And I think, I think that that is a result of energy and money. You know, you're seeing a lot of energy and a lot of numbers of tourists and masqueraders participating. And, you know, when you have that type of energy surrounding something, the best of the best are going to show up. And, of course, when you have plenty of people, 
there's plenty of money circulating around that ecosystem, which allows the leaders to really explore and push the boundary lines. You know, I find um, Brazil as well to be extremely inspirational because if you look at the kind of designs and the way they present, I mean, it's like, incredible what they do. So we, we're in actually a very, a very sweet time in history, especially for something like Carnival, where we're, we're really, I've seen people pushing the envelope in an amazing way. I'm extremely excited. So we're, we're, we're truly blessed, you know, like we have, the, if you look back in history, this is one of the points in history where we're really living in a, a, a prosperous time. You know, for, for, for Carnival, for a masquerader to come out of pocket between $500 and, and $2,500, that's, that's a blessed situation to be in, you know, where our community is thriving at the moment. Um, so, right. yeah. That is right. And we have, we, we have to shine a light on that and make sure that everybody has their adequate continent and they're playing their part because, I mean, I, I would see what I like about it I wouldn't say that, but what I like about it is that each camp comes with something different. Mm. Each camp have a whole different vibe. You know, each camp have a whole different goal. That's but at the end of the day, they make sure all the masqueraders are taken care of. Right. And it just doubles up after that. It just doubles up after that. And for those who have not attended Hollywood Carnival yet, what are some of the highlights of Hollywood Carnival that they can expect? Yeah, in terms of the con, so the, the the Hollywood Carnival is actually an experience that lasts about two or three weeks. So it's not, you know, it's not just the the little weekend that they have there, you know, surrounding the actual day of the carnival. the The organization um, that puts on the Hollywood Carnival has been fantastic in understanding that this is a this is a, a an experience for people to come and have. Um, about three weeks in advance, two weeks in advance, and and really engage. So we have we have fets, three or four fets coming up before. We have two fets after the carnival. One of the main highlights is the carnival village directly after the carnival, where um, there's a huge concert. There's food vendors with Caribbean food and multicultural food. Uh, we have performers at the Carnival Village, which is fantastic. That that village sees, I believe, about 7,000 people. Um, in the Carnival itself, you're looking at about 50,000 people who, who are spectating, spectating the parade. Um, and the, um, the next day after the Carnival, we have a huge fete called Shine. Um, so that that event is incredible. And there's a huge, um, there's a huge uh, at, at attendance rate there. Um, so throughout the events, um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of engagement. We have performers coming out like Vaughn. We have the voice coming out. We have um, so many, the, the names of people, you know, as Hollywood. We have entertainers out here um, that just love to, to engage. Last year we had um, Superwoman. We had Tatiana Lee. Um, we have the, the Wayans brothers who come out. Um, and the goal here, because we're in such a unique uh, environment with the entertainment business. The goal here is to engage the entertainers. And the, the weekend that the Hollywood, the Hollywood Carnival happens is the weekend after the BET Awards. So a lot of entertainers come in to um, to Hollywood for the awards and they stick around for the carnival itself, you know? So um, we have celebrities and the celebrities just jump up with you, you know? Sometimes they have to <laughs> truck, 
But the truth is, you know, not many people stush out here, you know. They really love engaging and mixing and mingling. So sometimes people are pleasantly surprised to, to see that they, they're rubbing shoulders with a celebrity, you know. Nice. I, I can see that because that's, you know, they don't see celebrities on the road all the time playing carnival. Yeah. And that's the only experience you can have over there in Hollywood with that. Right. You know? Yeah. And now to see it on a mass scale that is going to grow too, because once you shut down the whole of Hollywood Boulevard, that that is a that is an art form right there itself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is beautiful. So now I see that over the past, I could say, decade or more, um, you launched the surrender a moment to God. Mm. Yeah, let's get into that a little bit because what I like about it is that one as we can see, you're a leader. And not only that, you, 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 you inspire the youths mm-hmm. and you take time out to the youths and you educate them and you talk to them and you show them how visual arts can actually change their life. So, meaning being that, that avenue, guys. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> that avenue, guys, before I jump up, the, <laughs> the avenue, okay? So let's get into the Surrender Moment to God project. How did you come up with that project back in 2008? Yeah, so moment, uh, Surrender a Moment to God is a philanthropical uh, project where my non... I, I also own a nonprofit organization. It's called Auxilium Advenit. It's a 501c3 organization that basically thrives uh, and aspires to engage the youth and engage um, our community within the arts and um, impoverished individuals and people who are in need. So needy children, needy individuals, and people who uh, basically are are lacking resources. Um, And in 2008, I was on a spiritual journey personally of trying to figure out what, uh, what God meant to me, what it meant to truly have faith, what it meant to truly be connected to a higher being and what that meant for my character and my conviction as a man. And I've always been interested in uh, understanding the power of faith and the power that lies within God. And uh, there's a huge conversation. I, I happen to be um, Christian. And, uh, you know, there's a huge conversation within the Christian community about surrendering to God, surrendering yourself to the, you know, the whims of, of heaven sent opportunities and blessings and understanding that, you know, there are many plans in a person's heart, but it's, it's God's purpose that shall prevail. So for me, surrendering a moment of God was done in collaboration with um, a church that was in, in California. And we basically had the youth come out and on a large canvas, all of them wrote what's faith meant to them and what surrendering to God meant to them and what it meant to be an individual who has decided to give themselves to a, a life of, um, of uh, I would say, spirituality, Christianity, and understanding that there's a power in the relationship with God. And what ended up happening was we had this massive 10-foot canvas that had statements about forgiveness, statements about love, statements about the importance of God and the importance of um, making sure that uh, no matter what your faith is, you have, you have a, a relationship that's, that's strong um, with, with yourself and with, with what you know, spirituality means to you. And I think that's very important for our community, I think, and for humanity, you know, because we, as people, uh, we are born... We are born into 
you know this community this society here that is full of love and is and is also full of toxicity and you know hopefully uh within the community you you're ushered into a sense of compassion and empathy and there's a there's a starting point there but of course as we all grow up and as as we are exposed to the harsh realities of life you know there's there's a toughness that has to happen um and hopefully you know our our hearts aren't callous because of it you know and i think that having the strength of faith is extremely important for confidence and you know we we're we're navigating in a society at this moment that is riddled with insecurity and social media and and uh the the media in general and some of the content that we see on television and in movies and so on it kind of injects uh a status quo that is not reflective of number one real life and number two who we are and if we're talking specifically about our caribbean people the representation of the caribbean or of people of color of people within the diaspora the, the diaspora of where we come from is not highly represented in in popular culture which means that you know we have to really understand who we are and know thyself and realize that you know the the essence of navigating through life starts with a foundation from somewhere and one of the best places to have a solid foundation is through faith because it allows you to build character it allows you to have a stance of what it means to be uh, a a good person who can be here having a positive experience with our brothers and sisters so surrender surrender a moment to god was basically an ode and to encourage some of the youth out here to thinking about that since you know when you're and the youth was between the ages of 12 and 18 and that's the age where you start molding ideas of what it means to be a solid human being you know so um yeah and now what i'm doing with auxilium advenit the nonprofits you know we're pushing that forward and we i'm really honing into um helping helping uh people in the community to connect and it's it's intermingled with winery mass it's intermingled with the other organization i have which is all public art where you know, okay. individuals who are artists or individuals who are struggling with resources they have they have opportunities to come together and to you know to um to thrive in whatever way they can so we just here to help you know it's a community oriented thing because um the truth is we need it so so now i see that you have you're well rounded with everything that you're doing for the community and for the artists mm-hmm. meaning for your visual artists now run to the light that was the first song right yeah. now let's get into let's let's get into that because this I can see how Carnival, Winery Mass, Run to the Light Part 2, artists, you know, the girls them out there are big boats spinning and as I go and I are designing. Let's, <laughs> let's get into that now because that is something really cool. And I would like you to address that or introduce our audience to that for those who don't understand what the concept means. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, man, with that one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, boy, man, we're covering everything. I like this. This is funny. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Uh, yeah. Sincere, the truth, boy. Yeah, this this you go. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, "Run to the Light" is a song that I created, and it was an artistic, expressive piece that was an idea that I had to merge 
visual arts with music. So I actually created a painting that was in sync with a song that I created with a producer called Patrick Graves. And so I, I, we wrote a song together. We produced it and created it. And we created a music video. You can see it on YouTube. And that song itself was designed with a painting. And the hope was that I could uh, present it at a gallery or museum together. So when you go and you walk up to the painting, you can also listen in your headphones and, and listen to a song as you look at the painting. And uh, along with the painting, there will also be uh, the music video visuals with it so that you can experience the music video, the painting, and the music all at the same time within a, an experience. So that is something wow. of me as an artist kind of pushing the boundary lines for you know, my creative expression. Um, so very similar to a body of work that I did a few years ago in 2005, more than a few years, over a decade now, um, is called the reposition in the canvas where you take a painting. I, I invented an apparatus that you can spin upside down, spin a painting upside down, and you can see an inverted image of the painting. So in the gallery, you walk up, oh, wow. thing, you turn the painting upside down and you see another image. And the goal of that was to, break down the invisible boundary lines in a gallery where you're not allowed to touch the painting and it's too precious and, you know, it's just holier than out there. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not mm. supposed to touch the painting. And for me, I wanted to engage my audience and, you know, let's break some rules here. So the whole goal was just pushing boundary lines. So Run to the Light was about that. Run to the Light was this song that I created that was about, and I, I'm singing in the song. I wrote the song. I sang it. I, I performed in the music video. And it was just about expression. And it was just about making sure that we, um, you know, we did something that, that pushed the arts. And, and the concept behind it, which was Run to the Light, was also on a, in, in the spiritual direction, which was, you know, the times may be tough at the moment and the challenges in life always. But throughout your darkness, throughout your your strife and, and, you know, throughout the uncertainty of life, which all of us have, we really, as much as the most outwardly confident individuals wants to pretend that they know how this thing goes, the truth is, you know, when you're laying at night and looking at the ceiling in the dark, or when you wake up in the morning and planning out your day, you know, there's a level of certainty, uncertainty that you don't really, that, that is present and you don't really know what's going to happen. And you just, you know, the way we control it is by, you know, trying to figure out how to create a strategy for ourselves. And sometimes that can get very dark. Sometimes that can get very uncertain and it can be very, very challenging and, and disheartening. And the, so the spirit of the song was, you know, just keep running to the light. Just keep running to that end point that you know is precious. And also there's a play on words there in terms of light and spirituality. You know, many people in the, in the Christian community and other religious communities refer to the higher being as light, God as light. So, you know, it's also a play on words and a, a, a subtle suggestion of, you know, run to God, run towards God, run towards the strength of, of and the power that lies within a relationship with God. I love that because that, what I like about that and what I will, I mean, I don't know, this is just my idea. The same way how you have, that concept with the spinning wheel and as you know you're you're looking in live and directly at the carnival at the same time watching all these masquerades coming down and you're just visualizing that work right there on the scene i mean i'm hoping to see a, a exhibit for you 
that you just open with all Caribbean artists, just yeah, yeah, expressing themselves with 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 um with that vibe and that love and, and and that liveliness of carnival, you know. And then we're going to get into a a, a step, or we're going to get into a little more uh, a deeper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you you talk diligently about God and you're you're very disciplined about that. No, on a aspect of the relationship between nature and man right yeah because i see that you, you talk about the land artwork we're going to touch about the land artwork now and the ongoing relationships between man and nature so we have on the line guys okay winery mass is going to break it down for us right now and we're going to go into something that's i want you guys to really listen and hear what 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 Graham have to say, okay? And and for this for this particular aspect of the show right here, I'm gonna let him take it over to you because I want him to actually break down section by section how, how I should say, that painting that he did, America and Play. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. So for you guys, if you if you have a chance, I mean you guys can come back out and I mean before the show is done we're going to give you the information but I want my audience to pay close attention to what he has to say about this America at play and how it ties into carnival because they don't understand it you know some people might read it and just break it down and I want you to 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 break it down to them to the simplest form right and show them how it ties into carnival right 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 and I'll start off with carnival because first and foremost you know, carnival is about cultural expression and carnival is about uh, uh, honoring the tradition and carnival is about having an experience that is fun and wonderful to share with your family and friends. And, you know, at, at, its, at its rawest form, is, carnival is about connection and community, you know, and, and everyone does it in their own specific way and everyone does it in a way that is is very special and uh, for me, that is that raw es- the raw essence of what carnival is is a great reflection of who we are as human beings, and uh, art does that in an extremely wonderful way as well. So art is a reflection of life. Carnival, at the essence, is a reflection of life. You know, you have you have if you look at carnival from a more of an a natural a nature perspective or a natural perspective, you know, there's there, it's, it is almost like a mating ritual. You know, the, the essence mm-hmm. and the presence of, you know, sex is very alive there, of, of courtship is very alive. The essence of family is very alive. The, the essence of social dynamics and the essence of social structure and hierarchy is very alive. And that all exists within the animal kingdom. And more specifically, it all exists within the human condition. So if you look at, the, if you look at carnival, carnival itself is is a reflection of how we are as human beings, how we operate as human beings. And whether it's a two-day carnival in, in the Caribbean or whether it's four hours on the road in the United States or in, in the UK or anywhere else in the world, you know, the, 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 the fundamentals of the human nature aspect of things is all the same. And I think that's what's very, very powerful about carnival is that, and, and about art is, and why I look at carnival as, a really great canvas for myself as an artist, a really great medium of expression for me because it's, it's, a carnival is a reflection of who we are. So the painting America at Play, 
was a, a massive painting that I created. It was about a 15, 10 or 15 foot painting uh, mm. that was uh, 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 a perspective, an, an overhead perspective of the United States. So when you're looking at the painting, it's a scene of the United States as if you're looking over the U.S. And it's created in a very illustrative, uh, cartoon-like uh, style. And each section within that painting is referencing a tragic moment in U.S. history. So, or, or a political moment in U.S. history. So, you know, it was referencing um, immigration issues where, you know, you have people coming in from South America, breaking, going over the borderlines and through the walls. And then, you know, U.S. citizens trying to kick them back out. And the way I created that was a school playground where these kids from outside the school are running through the, the, barbed, the gates, the, the wire, the fence into the school. And then the other school kids trying to kick them out, you know, so there's there's a lot of intricacies. And in, in that painting, I, we, I cover um, uh, LGBTQ uh, issues in that painting. I cover polyamory in that painting. I cover the um, the World Trade Center bombing, Native American issues. I cover the uh, the walls, the um, the Hurricane Katrina. Yes. issue that happened years ago so the painting is very complex but and and it also covers the um the the craziness that happened with um the banks and the bankruptcy and the recession that happened a few years ago and ultimately the painting itself is is one big reflection of who we are as a people and um what it means to uh have these issues and pose ourselves to the question with the question you know what are we doing to ourselves you know um but ultimately a painting like that and an approach to art like that is very similar to Carnival in terms of expression and, and the story that you tell or what you do for your people. So Carnival, Carnival has this really amazing aspect where people will come anyway because they want to have fun and they want to have a good time and they want to meet people. Um, but we have this opportunity to, to make statements and we have this opportunity to really, uh, to really explore what what we can do with our with our gifts and our talents as artists, and I think that um, that's very special for you know we're seeing something special happening within the community. So um, I think the 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 job of us as designers and business owners is um, to push that envelope to keep the culture alive, to keep the tradition alive, and then the second job is to make sure that once those people are engaged, um, to figure out ways to to connect those people, especially in small clusters like uh, that have carnival, like Hollywood, like San Francisco, like Arizona and Miami and Atlanta and, and Canada. You know, we have these opportunities where um, we have smaller communities to, to really help. Um, so I think, I think we're in a special time, man. I agree with you. I, so what are carnivals personally have you attended, not to say play mass, but have you attended so far? Um, and which one you mass will play a big impact in? Like, where do you see Winery Mass in, in that carnival? Yeah. Personally, the ones that you attended. Yeah, for sure. So I've, I, you know, I'm, I was raised in New York, even though I was born in Trinidad. New York has always been, you know, my stomping grounds. So, you know, Labor Day Carnival out there. Um, was always attended by me um, at Carnival, a jump with bliss down there. Um, San Diego Carnival as well um, is something that 
that just started picking its head a few years ago. So I attended that one. And of course, the Hollywood Carnival is a massive one. And Winery Mass will, you know, always, that will be our home base, you know. And um, it would be one that I really like to attend. Um, the San Francisco Carnival, we have some sister bands out there that we support. Um, and personally, I, I don't really want to compete with them since they're so close. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that their masqueraders are their masqueraders, and we'll probably always come in as a section with a sister band out there, just out of love. Um, so, but ultimately, um, for me, I believe that you know a mass band like ours is really a massive community of people who just love connecting. So, whether we go out as an official band or we go out as a squad you know, our presence will always be there. So the, the vision for us is, you know, if we want to if we want to attend Miami Carnival, it doesn't have to be in an official capacity to do all that business. You know what I mean? Even though it would be nice, it's not, yes. to me, it's not necessary. First and foremost is about making sure our people have an opportunity to, to jump up down there. So maybe, you know, we'd be a section there. But I would be fine having Winery Mass be a major band in the Hollywood Carnival for years to come and that would be it that would be amazing because you know the the i i have aspirations for um this being something the this being its highest potential where we're at you know and growth in terms of uh, a mass band being in another carnival i believe would be a privilege and that's something that you do when you're well developed and you know when when you have the, the luxury to do it but we're going to master this first you know we're going to we're going to really have a strong foundation first in hollywood carnival before we we start exploring and taking it to that level you know what i mean yes i, I mean lock down your hometown first <laughs> right <laughs> lock down your hometown first because it, it will make sense to do that i mean you don't want to take on too much work you know you want to always, um, you know, have the highest quality, the highest presentation as possible. So I would, I would totally agree with you with that one. So for 2019, now we can look forward for you guys on the road. Um, personally, how do you unwind from all of this when, when, when you're not in the, 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 the artistic mood and because you have to go 24 seven, this is not just a nine to five job here. This is 24 seven, but what do you do to actually decompress? Um, you know, to get away from all of this. And, you know, I guess you, I know you're very close to God. You meditate, yeah. but how, how do you spend your time when you're not designing and running your team? You know, it's, it's really interesting because this, this endeavor, you're constantly in flux and you're constantly in motion and you're navigating with energy. So the energy, you know, the vibration is very high when business has to be done. Like, you know, carnival is carnival season. So the vibration high and I embrace it. I love it. You know, as part of because because I'm, I'm engaged and is, is I'm passionate about it. You know, it's not work is fun in terms of, you know, it doesn't feel like, oh, gosh, I have to handle this again. You know, it's, it's a responsibility and it's tasks that need to be handled. But, you know, I embrace it. And every time there's. There's something that I don't really want to do. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pushing Excel sheets here and crunching numbers. But as I'm crunching numbers, it's like, you know, this is a blessing, man. Like, look at these numbers coming in, you know. And so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised and, and just counting my blessings when I'm going through some of the, the more hard, challenging aspects of things. Um, and then when it's time to decompress, you know, I'm navigating with that challenge, that, that, um, that season as well. 
So, you know, the depression doesn't, for me, ne- never really has to be intentional because I'm, I'm so much in flow with what's happening with the process. So I never have to, I never have to be subject to trying to heal pussy. You know what I mean? So I feel like there are many people who it's almost like they've been through a crazy battle and oh gosh, it done now. So I have to, I have to mend my wounds. And for me, um, it's never like that. For me, at least I, I, it's been a blessing to be, have the position of while we're going through the process, all of it, including the craziness, including, including the, the challenges that pop up and are, uns- are uncertain, um, you know, that's part of navigating with the wind, you know, that is like kind of swimming in the ocean. When a big wave comes, your, your body surf with that wave. And, yes. the, and if it's too big for you, you duck under the water, <laughs> you, pass over here, <laughs> you know, but you're in the ocean and you embrace it. And then when you're, when you're finished with that and you're ready to relax on the sand, you go and you lay on your towel and you relax on the sand and you eat a bacon shot, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. The For me, once this whole thing is, once carnival season is done and it's over, then, you know, there'll be a, a, a different vibration. It'll be a different season. And it's not to, it's, for me, it's not about getting away. It's more about embracing that. And I think that's my perspective on life. You know, I do meditate every morning. Um, I do have my own process of meditation and I do pray and I do have my own sense of center and uh, my own sense of stillness. And I also have my, my own sense of aggression, of attacking the, the things that need to be attacked, the, the circumstances and the, the work that needs to be attacked. And I'm extremely aggressive in knowing what needs to happen to be executed so that we come full force. So, but that, that, that energy, that output is, is um, calculated according to um, what is in front of me, what is at hand. And if I happen to be burnt out, if there happens to be a situation where I've gone too hard or if it's too overwhelming, then I tap into the team or I tap into people who have more knowledge than me or who have extra energy for me or who can really lend a helping hand or, or lend with capital or lend with some, to- some sort of resource that can, can make the, the ultimate goal be completed. So life, in, life for me is about navigation, is about flow more than anything else. And I think that um, I, this, this business here for me started out of the desire to do something that I truly love and I truly would, would wake up and say, all right, look, I, I really like doing this and I really enjoy being around the people, you know? And I have a, I have a principle with doing business here whereas I don't do business with people I don't like. You know, if there's mm-hmm. somebody who talks to me wrong or if there's somebody who I don't really respect or appreciate or if I just, you know, feel like the energy isn't right, I just don't do business with them. You know, and that's, that's out of me wanting the highest quality of life for myself. You know, so anytime I'm dealing with somebody, I truly enjoy the experience with them. And that has made my, my position, whether it's extremely challenging or whether we're decompressing, it's always, it always feels healthy. And um, I feel many people get into business because they need to make money. Many people get into business because, you know, they're looking for options that aren't authentic. 
And for me, this this started out as, well, I want to be around people that I love and I want to do something for the people I love. And, you know, let's execute some things along the lines of what I know my strengths are. Since I'm involved in the arts, it's a natural fit for me to be involved in Carnival because uh, the, there's an artistic aspect that is just inherent to the environment. So it's just a perfect fit for me at the moment in the season in my life. So I just, I love it, man, you know? This is beautiful because just hear you talk about it and how you're so passionate about it. I mean, it just gives you that drive to go more because positiveness that comes out through the vibration of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. You, can. you know you can. You really can. Now, I'm going to go back and, 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 and touch on something. You said you meditate every morning. Yeah. For those who, who, who try to you know decompress, they have a lot on their plate. How important is it for, to, for you to clean that, that, that palate of med? You know what I mean? When you get into that deep meditation, what are some of the steps for those who would like to try and don't know about meditation? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? Um, not saying, guys, he's an expert or teacher. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? He's, this is what he does. So what advice would you give them, you know, to start out their meditation or, or, or how to go about it? Yeah, sure. So I think that the, the intention... First and foremost is about figuring out a, a, a healthy uh, approach to what fills your spirit or what brings you stillness and peace. So before even getting into the conversation of meditation, I think every individual has to uh, f- try to figure out, okay, in, in, my, in my experience in life, what is it that I need to do in order to, to find and navigate with uh, an experience that's at the highest level possible. Because I personally believe that we're all here with the desire to have the greatest experience of life possible. And I believe that God has put us on this earth to experience life in a beautiful way. So the goal with, with meditation or the goal with finding a center and, and finding a spiritual groundedness it has always been for me about making sure that I know myself, know what I need, and navigating with a a positive energy um, every day. Because for the most part, if we're being honest, we are reactory animals, you know? We might be in the car driving through, somebody honk the horn at you, somebody curse at you, you're at the grocery, and things get tough, you know? Or, you know, something happened with your kids, and it's just a little more challenging than usual. So our, our energy and our spirit and our vibration adjusts according to our environment. And it's very important for us to check that. So uh, one of the methods of checking that is meditation. One of the methods of checking that is prayer. One of the, medita- one of the methods is outlets that's healthy, like creation, like creativity, or like working out, exercise, and so on. So I think in the larger scheme of things, Meditation is a solution for a healthy approach to being centered. So for me, every morning, my, pro- my process is simple. It's def- I've never studied meditation. I don't know, you know what, what a, a yogi does. I don't know what these people do with, you know, with the actual process. So like you said, I'm, I'm not a, an expert. But yeah, I, I feel you, but just talking off of vibes and how you're dealing with your business. You know what I mean? Somebody might be inspired to know well what what are your steps that you know get you through the day so right you know yeah shine the light on it with them yeah of course so the process for me is i meditate in the shower every morning right so i i literally 
uh, you know, take time, let the, the, um, the water flow. And I, I sit down in the shower and I, I uh, either pray or I be still and I breathe. I go through the motions of, you know, breathing in and out for a time being. And I, I am listening to my body. I'm listening to my, uh, to my, my thoughts and, and, and feeling the, um, the, the sense of what's happening around me that morning. Um, and I'm thinking about my day and I'm thinking about, you know, the, the things that need to be executed, but um, it's, a, it's a more of a, clear, a clearing the mind type of process for me. And I've heard, I've heard uh, of research being done of water um, and especially warm water and cold water having its effects on the body and what that does. So there are actually many inventions that have been created by um, scientists and innovators in the shower, believe it or not. And um, I've heard of some scientists um, going into the shower to figure out ways to um, come up with ideas and musicians as well. So for me, and this is something I've, I've done for over 20 years, which is just, you know, taking time for myself in the shower, meditating, closing eyes, and really letting the water flow and clearing my mind. And, and the, now I've come to the point where if I, if I miss that, if I don't have the time to do that, then it, I definitely feel it within my day. You know, I don't feel the same sense of, of fluidity. fluidity. Um, but that's a personal thing. That's something that I've kind of trained my body to do. And I'm very hypersensitive to my body and my 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 emotions and my spirit so and as a result of that I, I don't drink I make sure that I put anything in my body that can be as healthy as possible um, if there's a if there's something that has toxicity in it um, like sugar or like caffeine I'm very aware of it and I'm very I'm very cautious about it that doesn't mean that you know I won't toast champagne at a wedding or I won't have some ice cream you know I, I do it in moderation but I'm I'm definitely aware of how my body reacts and I cut certain things out that are toxic to my body so that when it's in my body, I can feel it. So when I eat, when I eat ice cream or I eat a candy bar, my body is like moving on 2000, you know, I feel it. I feel the sugar rushing through my system. Or if I have a drink with somebody, I feel that alcohol hit my system immediately. <laughs> True light <laughs> No, you like me, but I can't take that thing. So. You say that, what? It's funny you talking about that because I usually go into the dance and my cup look like a heavier alcohol and it's just cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Cranberry and and uh, probably pineapple, but yeah. I'm 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 the same way too. And the, the reason I asked you that question was because I like how you preserve the brand and you're taking your brand and you're you're making sure that you're putting your brand in your best foot forward. Thank you. And you being the forefront and the head of the ship, you know, I, you have to make sure your mind, you know, your body, your soul is all together and your health, you know, everybody to, to forget that this is a very tedious task that you're doing. You know, you're, you're talking to people, you're multitasking. Sometimes you might forget your scheduling and we tend to go and eat at those times, food that are more convenient for us. Ain't nobody going to look for a salad when you're really going and you're making your backpacks and all of this. You know, you might go for some pizza or whatever like that. But yeah. it's very important to take care of yourself when you're going through these processes. And, and, and even when you're starting a band or even if you're part of a band and, and you're given a helping hand because people are paying money and they're paying good money and they want to make sure that their product, when it's delivered, it's on point. Right. You know, and 
if you can't keep yourself on point throughout the day and making sure that you're balancing your steps, I mean, I, I don't see how anybody else will want to say, well, hey, why should I join this band, you know? And touching up, uh, upon that, what sets Winery Mass apart from the rest? Because I know we, we, we covered a lot, mm-hmm. but what sets you guys apart from the other bands in Hollywood, North Hollywood, um, maybe... Um, what you bring to the table that's different that we can expect? Sure, yeah. You know, and these bands out here in Hollywood are fantastic. I mean, they're really holding up some something amazing for the culture out here. And, of course, the other bands in the United States and abroad, um, I see such phenomenal teams doing amazing things. And I think a lot of us, uh, you know, the, the the spirit of what we're doing is to make sure that we keep this culture alive we keep you know the community thriving we keep our people together and for winery mass and for most mass bands i think what differentiates us apart and the other mass bands apart from us is the communities within the band and the spirit within the band i I would love to pretend that we we bring in something to the table that is extra special in terms of a presentation or service or costumes and so on but that would be a facade. The truth is, the essence of a band is the people within it. And that's what makes a band different and unique. And not to say that they're better or worse is about taste and is about vibration, is about people and family. So, Love you it. know, what, what happens with Winery Mass, what I've been doing is I've been creating this, this unique group of individuals who love each other, who always, who always come with a positive energy who always, and if there's negative energy, if there's a little bit of conflict, you know, we help as best as we can. But, you know, like with any family, you know, we're human beings. And ultimately, you know, what makes us, what makes us special is the fact that we are uh, uh, individuals that are interconnected in our own special way. And if you look at any other band in Hollywood or in, you know, overseas and in the States, every band has a tight-knit circle of a loyal family that, that run in with them. And I think that's what makes each and every one of us special. And for the newcomers, you know, they have the, the, the gift of choice to say, all right, look, you know, I like these, these people here. I love the vibe and the energy. I love how they bring these things to the table. I love maybe, maybe, you know, the individual might be stush and we too wild for them. Winery might be too crazy. They say, look, look, I can't get it all at whining thing. Right? <laughs> too much whining in a band. I need, some, I need some, some traditional energy here. I need something more more low-key, then there's another band for them, you know, and and it's a communal thing. So ultimately, family is what uh, sets us apart and our people is what sets us apart. And, you know, I believe it will always do that. I mean, it's inherent, you know, it's something that we can't help, you know what I mean? And and the, the artistic approach and the designs and the costumes, you know, as a leader here and a visionary, I will always uh, try to push that you know, try to keep it, you know, the concepts fresh and keep it closer to contemporary art and, you know, try to try to create an avant-garde, you know, movement here. But, you know, that that is that is innovative, creative stuff that um, I have the responsibility for. But what will set us apart is the spirit. And what will set us apart is the the foundation of how we treat our people and how our people 
truly thrive from this. So, you know, winery, like I said earlier, winery has aspirations and I have aspirations to uh, help out people outside of Carnival. I want to give people opportunities and to connect and to do business and to engage in, um, in ways that uh, fulfill our community in positive, in positive ways. So I, I think that um, that's something extra special and I'm going to, you know, go above and beyond if I can to really deliver with because um, winery mass is bigger than just carnival or it does, it serves more than just carnival. You know, it serves a community that um, can have outlets of resource and outlets of opportunity um, to really start to grow. So, which I think is very special. Why not? Right. You know, why not? I mean, I can see that because I, I like how, I like how you, 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 you went straight to the point where that thing you gave me that, 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 perfect explanation you know um for your camp the experience in your camp is built off of vibes it's built off of a family foundation it's built off of positiveness for 2019 2020 i know 20 2019 i've already closed mm -hmm. for 2020 you guys are already on the board planning for carnival i can say that what can we expect or if you can even talk about 2020 um, what's on the, the books for you guys? Uh, you're still new, mm -hmm. but still, what's on the books for 2020? You know, honestly, we, have, we haven't gone deep into it. Um, we've been focused on 2019. You know, we, you know that, that will be God's blessing if mm -hmm. 2020 comes and, and we're able to execute. Um, but we really haven't uh, delved into the plans for 2020 yet, truth be told, you know. But what, what I can say about the future is that uh, my ethos with pushing creative concepts and pushing the the idea of art, artistic artistic movements within this space will be you know I will do my best to do something innovative you know I will do my best to really push the idea and the concept of a, a, a street experience a, a, a visual experience for people on the road and if if there's God willing, more money behind it, more energy behind it, then that to me means putting more energy towards decorations and more money towards decorations, more money towards the experience and the presentation so that this thing looks like an incredible, incredible spectacle, you know? So, but, but I, I, um, because I navigate with the flow of life and things, um, you know, what we're doing now is we, we're going to assess 2019. We're looking to see how that unravels and see, you know, what we learn from it and what we, what blessings come from it. And then, you know, you know, immediately we'll, we'll end up tackling, uh, 2020 God willing, you know, love that you guys taking it one step at a time, because sometimes you ask, they say, Oh, I'm already in 2022 <laughs> already planning. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I like that you guys are taking your time and you're planning and you're impl implementing. I, I love that. So, well, I know we have, I want to get into more of the visual arts and I have to ask you for a part two and we're going to break down the visual arts because um, I know that's a major part of, of what you're pushing in the community. And I'd like to, are you going to, before I even get into that, your nonprofit, are you guys going to venture up from California and help throughout other states or is it just within California only? 
for now it's in California. The organization is based in California. It's a, a, a California incorporation. Um, and because the team is here and because I am here um, and because there's a lot of work to be done within this community, We'll stay here for the for the time being, you know. And that's another that's another aspect of growth, you know. When when we do it, when I do something, I try to do it right, and I try to do the best as I can. And I'm not I'm not gonna venture out to another community just to say that we did, just to say that we we have broad strokes happening. Like to me, all that fakeness and that facade is for the birds, you know. I want to when we when we actually implement uh, change. And when we actually, you know, impacting lives, I want it to be real. And we're going to do it quietly. We don't need to really share that with many people. The people who are being impacted, they're being impacted, you know. So Love the that. forefront of it um, has been, the branding of it has been Winery Mass. And a lot of people don't realize that there's actually on the, under, the underbelly, the foundation you know, has uh, strength of the nonprofit, strength of another organization that we run that really is making sure that, um, you know, real, real, real moves can happen. And, um, you know, this, this thing can be, this thing can be truly solid. I love that. I see that because now I going to touch into to one remarks before we get into that because I know I, I know I'm touching everything because you have so much information I want to ask you about one remarks because it's bigger than just a, a, a masquerade camp guys <laughs> okay <laughs> this is this this is a whole movement okay mm. don't let the name fool you <laughs> so are you guys going to have a youth sex well a youth section I should say or are you guys in the future going to come up with something for the youth within um you know, between the 13 to 16, not the ones who are going to be on the road, who can drink and all right. that, but I know you, you, you're you very positive and you're pushing for the community. Yeah. And with all of this, you're going to have a lot of kids underneath your belt. Mm -hmm. So it would only make sense to, to put them on the mm -hmm. road. So will that be a youth section coming up in the future, maybe? Maybe, but most likely not, right? Most likely, yeah, most likely. And the reason why I say that is because uh, children under the age of 18... Uh, need special, this needs special waivers and guidance and is a special responsibility legally with them that uh, we don't take for granted. And we don't, we, we are going to be very careful with people's children. You know what I mean? So this year um, we have, we have some children participating, but that's because their parents were participating and wanted them to come um, in terms of having like a kiddies carnival or a youth section within the band. The youth is such a, a predominantly adult experience that mm -hmm. um, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it that, and we're going to keep it uh, separate from what we contribute to the children and what we do with children. You know, we uh, I, we have aspirations to visit ch children's hospitals. Uh, we have aspirations to. Uh, we're already speaking to other nonprofit organizations in California that serve under underprivileged kids and children in need. And families in need, um, but that service, that that essence, will be done outside of the experience of carnival. Um, and the so, for example, we will. The, the goal here, is, to me, looking from the from a macro perspective, carnival is an opportunity ex to to uh, showcase and experience our culture, and to show our culture. And for children, um, what we'll do, we'll bring the cultural tradition to those. Uh, spaces that the children are at. 
So with a nonprofit organization that we might link up with in Los Angeles, we will bring the, the you know, the big mass, the Dimash Gras costume to the nonprofit organization and show the kids and talk to the kids about it. We'll bring the costumes and have, you know, have special events with the kids to make little fun wings and stuff like that. And we'll expose the, 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 uh, the history to those children in that way so that um, they, can, they can get a, a real a broad and specific understanding of what this means. Um, and then, you know, experiencing it on the road is a, a little more different. So we won't, we won't, um, we won't have kids involved in that, in that way um, because I, I want to be very careful with making sure that we guide those young minds and, you know, we expose those young minds appropriately. You know what I mean? And the truth, truth be told, the band is very wild. You know, we do, have a, we do have a lot of people whining and picking up people and, you know, Mr. Killer and helping things with, you know, picking things up and running with it. So, you know, children might not be ready for all that. And, you know, we don't want to do anything inappropriate for the young eyes. So, you know, we'll, we, there's a time and place for everything. So we'll, we'll keep it appropriate for, you know, for the for the I love that. Yeah. That, I love that. Well said. Well said. You, well, you can tell the listening audience where they can find you on all social media platforms. And you can have the board to shout out to whoever you like to shout out to. But I'm going to ask you live here. We have to schedule for a part two to talk more about the visual arts because I know I would like to ask if you're going to have any more. Um, will you be doing anything for 2019 with um, any exhibition in the future? You know, I want to get into those exhibitions. I don't know if you have time to speak about any exhibitions that we can look forward to. Right. What we should look out to, but if, if we do, you can go ahead and explain that because if you haven't saw his artwork, guys, it's <laughs> it's something amazing to see. But you're gonna see it on the road for Hollywood Carnival. Yes. So yeah, are you going to be? Um, will there be any more exhibitions for 2019 that we can look forward to yeah. before you 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 shout out your friends? And... Sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, no. This year, so the, for the past um, two years, uh, I've been running a tech technology company called allpublicart.com and this is our fifth year in business but for the past okay. two years i've been we've been working on an endeavor that merges cryptocurrency with the art community so we've created our own cryptocurrency called the all public art token and that basically allows uh, artists and art collectors to trade artwork uh, with crypto and um, you can store the information on the blockchain which allows for uh, future collectors to see the history and the provenance of artworks. So, so when you said it, I don't mean to cut you off. When you said the blockchain, meaning they can actually go and probably scan a bar and read, or they can use a, a Q scanner, or is it going to be something application off of the phone that they're going to use to see the history of that? Or exactly. explain that a little sure. more because yeah, actually yeah. we can get into that if you have a time yeah, because of all of this was going to be in part two, but we can get into that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's get into it real quick. So yeah. Okay, sure. The blockchain. So the blockchain is a a, a system, a, a, a network that is a technological network of code that allows people to uh, basically see information all at the same time and utilize uh, cryptographic uh, code in different ways all at the same time with no central system. So one of the reasons why Bitcoin and cryptocurrency was so special and so unique was that no one bank, no one entity controlled or owned it. We all on multiple thousands and thousands of servers around the, around the world 
had access to the information and had access to 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 tap into it. So what the blockchain also does is it allows us to uh, put information like artworks and the the details of artworks on it for people to see without having one entity control it, which means that if somebody wants to change up an artwork or if somebody wants to track an artwork from five years ago, um, they will be able to do that. So let's say when, you know, we're in 2029, if this work is on the blockchain and you want to see a Graham Goddard's work, you know, from that, from 2019, you'll be able to go on the blockchain, you'll be able to scan, like you said, or you'll be able to go on the platform, allpublicart.com, which I created, and you'll be able to see all the history about that artwork, right? And that that is something that right now, what people do, what galleries do, they have huge repositories with appraisers and a huge system that's in place. It's just that they control that system. And what we want to do is we want to put it in the people's hand where the people can have access without having to trust a central system. So um, that's what all public art has done. And that's what the blockchain has done. So to answer your question, yes, if you have a painting, you'll be able to you'll be able to basically look that painting up or scan the painting. Or if you're interested in a painting, you'll be able to scan that, that, uh, you know, that QR code on the painting or whatever's connected to the, the piece. And that, that endeavor is hopefully is going to make things uh, just a tad bit easier for artists and collectors to do business. You know, it's not, it's not nothing groundbreaking. It's not nothing where we change any game. What we're doing is just making things just a tad bit easier and bringing just a little bit more value to the to the ecosystem so that people could have more clarity nice so when can we expect your art gallery to open up yeah yeah well that's a that's a, a mission in itself right that's a mission that we yeah, can you know, we can get all this cryptocurrency and we can open one right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man well that's down the line if it's, you know that's that's that would be god's will you know so but yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the all public art and what we've been doing this our fifty in business. We just the goal is to help artists um, to thrive and to do something special. And you know, crypto is an innovative technological advancement that's happened lately. And you know, my my position as the leader of that organization is to make sure that we are on the cusp of technology. So you know, with my developers that I work with um, for the platform, for the mobile app and the website, we're always looking for the newest thing that we can, we can see if we can bring value. So we also we have a section where we have VR. Um, we also have a section where, you know, we're doing videos with interviews with people and we have any events and anything that, you, that an artist would need in order to thrive, then what we're doing is we're just trying to fill that gap so that there's one place for people to come and um, get value. So that's basically what All Public Art was about. And that was, you know, out of my feeling that part of my purpose as an artist was to help my people and to contribute to my, my creative community, you know. So that's why I created it. Um, and it's, it's been an exciting ride. I learned a lot. We did a huge world tour last year, a marketing push last year to launch the, um, the, the token. So we, yeah. Do you guys have any other, um, I should say, tokens or any other platforms that you guys are let me restate that any other endeavors that you guys will use cryptocurrency for um, coming out of your, your, your team or of, of your platform for 2019 and beyond? It will, it will all be native. It's, it's a utility token that's uh, used strictly on the platform itself. So okay. basically you can use the token to trade artwork. You can use the tokens to 
uh, access events. Um, you can think of it as you know a, a, a form of currency that we we have we have within our ecosystem that people can use for what they want to within our our little world. So um, it's an all public art thing. It's not something that people use outside of all public art. Okay, okay. So it's only for all public art in house. Okay, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Now building on all public art. Now, so that means let's break it down even. Let's break it down even more. So if we go to Art Gallery A, mm-hmm. right, and Art Galleries A is affi- affiliated with all public art, right. Within that Art Gallery, they're selling. Um, paintings, you know, mm-hmm. boat water and, and oil paintings. They're probably selling just little things for artists. May not be art pertaining to, but within that art gallery, what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. Can you use that cryptocurrency if they're affiliated with you and they're accepting cryptocurrency? Can we purchase anything else within the art gallery? Not saying that even simple, the art gallery has a, a, a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. And I like to purchase that bottle of water, and I'm affiliated with you guys. Yeah. Can I, in the future, will that happen, or is, is that on the rise, or is that in the making? For us, no. It will. Okay. Be, it's not something that we want to be in business with. We don't want to sell water or anything else. We say we are in the business of uh, creating a place where art can be uh, can be cataloged um, for history for the history books. So um, we're not we're not positioning this as a currency that can be used to replace any type of fiat, like the US dollar or the euro or anything like that. So it's very specific. And But to answer part of your question, um, in terms of if you're at that art gallery, yes, you can, you can purchase a painting in that art gallery with our cryptocurrency, with our token, uh, but that would be because they're affiliated with all public art. And that's mm-hmm. because most likely that painting or that piece would be already cataloged on the blockchain for for the community to see that it's a legitimate a legitimate work of art so it's kind of like it's very similar to if you're on instagram and you have that blue check it's kind of like a okay you've got you've got this uh, uh, official piece verification yes it's been kind of verified a little bit it's not it's not foolproof you know Mm because you know we we make the we give the opportunity for anybody to put a work of art up there um, but you know what? What? It, what? The beauty of the blockchain is is that we're all able to see um, the information about the artwork, and we're able to get an get an insight on what's happened with that art. Which, whereas right now, if you walk into an art gallery, you have to ask that gallery a lot of information and request information from that gallery, and it's up to their discretion if they want to disclose that. So, for for artists, you know, an artist might want to sell their works to anybody and everybody. You know, and and you ideally, the spirit of creativity to me is everybody should have access to information. So that's what that's what the um, the beauty of the token is, and um, it will be strictly strictly art, nothing else. You know. And how many galleries, may I say, worldwide, nationwide, are you guys affiliated with so far? So we we the 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 essence the way all public art works is we don't actually do partnerships with galleries. Okay. We do. We actually have direct communication with the artists themselves. So mm. We we are actually cutting out the middleman in, in one. Oh, <laughs> that is you one time, man. So yeah. you instead of going for the 
the facilitator or nobody. You're going straight to the head of it. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And it's power. 100% of value. Yeah, okay. Because we want to empower these artists, you know, and we want to, we want to, artists, the truth be told, especially in this, this field, artists have become very entrepreneurial. And there's a, there's a level of artists and our demographic is the aspiring artists and the, and the, the, uh, young artist that is not fully developed yet. So we're not talking about blue chip artists that sell works for $100,000 and more. The average artist on our platform will sell an artwork for around $150 to $1,500, right? So we look at the artist who's really wants to get in the game, but they can't get into an art gallery. They really can't. They don't have the opportunity to have that individual, you know, represent for them. So what they do, they go on, all the other platforms, art.com, and they go to, you know, DeviantArt and Artsy, and they just, they look for ways to sell their artwork online. So for us, they come to us and they say, look, we want to sell our artwork. And, oh, it's cool that we can sell our artwork, you know, with your crypto, because now you're able to catalog it and you're bringing value for these collectors. And we have, a, you know, collectors here that are, are interested in this type of work. So we have thousands of artists on the platform that, you know, are engaged in this you know, that are interested in it. Lovely. You have a whole, you have a whole mission going on over <laughs> in California. Well, quiet. You know? <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. I respect that, man, as I respect that. But I know, guys, we, we, we said we were going to cut off <laughs> and went back in because we had, I just had so much things to ask. But honestly, we're going to have a part two and we're going to talk more about that that cryptocurrency and the platform and how to get affiliated with the platform for young aspiring artists within the carnival section or you don't have to be in the carnival field but let's see what you can bring to the table for all these carnivals you know bring your best painting or what's your best creation may it be not saying it's anything right um and then we'll touch more about the nonprofit too, how we can get more in depth and how nonprofit plays a major role in the community and if someone wants to start up a nonprofit, how would, you know, ways they should go about and things they should look for. Mm. So that's on the second podcast. Um, I guess we can do it. Uh, I guess when you decompress after um, <laughs> carnival, <laughs> we'll say after uh, the carnival over there in Hollywood, um, we can catch it by then, uh, probably down in August or something, if you have a time. But the board is yours. Let our listening audience um, where you can tell our listening audience where they can find you on all social media platform. Um, I know for sure they're going to look out for you. Um, as you said, just hit him up, ask him. He's very inspirational. I know you guys are going to get very inspired listening to this podcast. Um, I wish I can ask some more questions, but I know how <laughs> I have to go. So the board is yours. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, check us out. Um, you can get all the information about Winery Mass on uh, www.winerymass.com. Um, and that's where, you know, you could check out the, the vision and the theme and all that good stuff. And in terms of uh, social media, we have an Instagram page, which is at Winery Mass. And we have a Facebook page, which is also Winery Mass. Um, so, and me personally, my name is Graham Goddard. And my, my social media pages are my full name, Graham Goddard. Um, and my website, where you can see all the artwork and what we're doing, is www.mynamegrahamgoddard.com. Um, and also the technology company is allpublicart.com and we have a mobile app which is called All Public Art. So those are the places. But you know, this is carnival, right? So it's, it's winerymass.com is the place to find us. I love that. And we're going to look for Iron Winery Mass for sure because I, if I enjoyed in the 
that's going to be the band for 2019 2020 mm. they're bringing the vibes of course they're bringing that 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 closeness that emotional connection of carnival to you straight to your doorstep and you guys are pushing the envelope and we love that from you guys so thank you since you start you, you are so welcome because like i said i can keep on going with you with this but we'll we'll get into it as at our next podcast yeah man. we'll get into it at our next podcast and um we'll make sure that we answer all the questions but it's a pleasure talking to you and from Sensi Star Jones and the Keep It Low crew. I mean, I was going to read our next question, guys, but I have to let him go. I have to let him go. Uh, from Sensi Star Jones and the Keep It Low crew, it's a pleasure, like we said, and we look forward to talking to you for part two. You have a great one, and God bless you and your team. You too, Sensi. God bless you, man. Thank you so much, brother. You're welcome. Have a great one. You too.